0: The following audio is from Grace City Church in San Diego, California. More information about Grace City Church is available at gracetysd.com.
1: Thanks, Brooke. Can we give it up for Brooke for doing the announcements without any slides or anything? So as Brooke said, uh, I'm Bailey, if I haven't met you yet met you yet. uh, I'm going to be reading today's scripture. Um, So if you have your Bibles or your Bible apps, uh, unfortunately, it won't be on the screen. Um, So I'll give you guys some time to turn there. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, specifically looking at verses 5 through 14. Once again, that's going to be Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 14. And if you don't have a Bible, we have some out in the foyers um, that you can borrow or take if you don't have a Bible of your own. Um, And then once again, yeah, we're just going to be diving into Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 14. This is what it says. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret God, we thank you for today. We thank you for your authoritative word um, and the power that your word has, God, over us. So we ask that you just might be be given all the glory today, God. Uh, May you humble our hearts. Uh, May you open up our ears. Uh, May we receive what you have to say and speak to us today, God. I just pray and encourage Yoni, God, as you speak through him and deliver a message to us, God, may you um, humble his heart as well and um, equip him with the words to say um, and just the knowledge, Lord, of, of your word in this passage. Um, we thank you for today, God, and uh, bless our time, and may this space be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's in your holy, it's in your holy name that we pray, amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen, baby. I hear you. Amen. How what's up, everybody? How y'all doing? All right, awesome. I know it's been a minute since I've been up here. I'm so excited on behalf of our staff, our elders, and our leaders. Uh, Pastor Randall couldn't be here. He's actually speaking at the other church. Um, so I just want to welcome you guys. If you're if you're a first timer, raise your hand for a second. Can you go ahead and raise your hand? Okay. We we okay. I'll say okay. Welcome family. How y'all doing? Awesome. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so we're going to we're we'll be starting a new series. Um, can I just tell y'all that spiritual warfare is, is real? Can I get amen? Why do I say that? Because when we came here earlier setting up, everything worked fine. No issues. I told the team in the back, I said, watch something crazy going to happen. The computer that's a brand new computer shut down and said, call tech support. Isn't that crazy? Never happened before. The sound, you saw Janie, and one more time, my sister, I love you. Can we clap it up for Janie, how she just, yeah, it, it, it's, it's true. My fiance always tell me men cannot multitask, but women, fellas, that's true, they're good at it. We just got to focus on one thing, and she's one hand with the mic singing, you, you did so awesome, so glad God moved through you. And so with that, we are transitioning to a new series um, that's going to be called When We Pray. So if you guys have your devices pulled out, if you go to gracecityst.com backslash sermon notes, you will be able to have the notes on your devices, but it will not be on the screen. You can follow along that way. So this three-week series will be a series that is focusing on prayer. And I know Bailey just read uh, Matthew chapter 6, 5 through 14. Um, I've been tasked today. We're actually going to be camping and landing on verse 9, and we're going to be actually walking through the Lord's Prayer um that so you guys familiar with the lord's prayer so we're gonna walk so i have the first section and then randall's gonna come up and 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 go ahead and go through the rest of the prayer and so yeah i'm I'm excited man it's been a minute since i've been here i'm excited to get in the word to share with you guys if you guys are taking notes i'm gonna go ahead and give you my message title up front is this the blueprint on how to pray okay the blueprint on how to pray how many of you guys love to pray raise your hand Cool. I always say we're not Baptists, right? We're non-denominational. You, you can lift your hand all the way up. So, okay, let's try to ask that again. How many of you guys love to pray? Uh, hey, we go amen, right? And so, here's the thing, though. Prayer, if we could be honest, prayer is a neglected ministry. Can I get amen? amen? Amen. Prayer is a neglected ministry. Prayer is not sexy. I'm just going to use that in church. It's not attractive. You get all the latest hot worship leaders and speakers. I promise you, this place will be filled up. But say, hey, we're going to have a prayer and fasting session. See how many people show up. Isn't that interesting? And I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to myself. I always tell you guys, if you see me up here, I'm not preaching at you as if I got it all together. I don't. I'm just I'm selfishly, like God was really rocking me when, when I was preparing this message. I fell miserably at this. But it's always interesting to me how we know maybe intellectually, theologically, that prayer is important. But do we actually live that out in our day-to-day life? Does that make sense? And so if we could just be real, like mask off. Right? There's no guests in this room. It's everyone's family, right? No one raised their hand for the first time. Let's just be real. Everybody breathe in. Breathe out. All right, you feel good? Okay. So we're just, we're just going to talk. We're just going to walk through this. I'm going to let God's, my prayer is that the weight of God's word will bear weight on our hearts. That Nothing that I say will be magnified, but as we walk through God's word, God will speak to us. One of my favorite pastors, Tony Evans, says this about prayer. We treat prayer like the national anthem. It gets, the, it's the engine that gets everything started, but after that, it doesn't matter. If you can't say amen, say ouch. That, that, that really hurt me. And so right, when we start the national anthem, we go play ball, and that's it. We treat prayer like that. Like it's a secondary thing in the kingdom of God. It's a secondary thing in our lives. So he, here's my question for us today as we walk through God's word. Why do we as Christians find it difficult to pray? Right? Like why, why, why is it difficult? Why is it not easy? If I can just lay something on the table, I think prayer is difficult because sometimes you just got to sit and wait, right? You got to wait on God. You're, called, you're, you're, you're communicating with God, right? You got to remove all distractions. And sometimes we don't like that waiting process. We don't like the awkwardness of just sitting there. Maybe you just woke up. Your mind is racing. I got to drop the kids off. My wife needs this. I got to turn this project in, right? Prayer is not easy. It's hard. The Apostle Paul uh, uh, even says, labor with me in prayer. Isn't that crazy? Why does he use that language? Prayer is is hard. It takes effort, right? So uh, uh, D.A. Carson, a well-known theologian, says this. If you want to embarrass the average Christian, just ask them to tell you about their prayer life. Many of us can impress others with our Bible knowledge or our evangelism stories, but our private uh, prayer lives... Not so much. And this weekend, we went to the men's retreat. Shout out to the men. Amen. Yeah. For those of you guys who didn't, didn't come, y'all missed out next year. You guys have the opportunity to join us. But we were doing uh, the theme that Ryan had in the team, the men's team, was everybody say abide. And we talked about abiding in the presence of Jesus. What does it mean to abide? Abide means simply put, right, to stay, to remain, to make yourself to dwell, right? It comes from actually from the word abode, like to make your home and stay where Jesus is at. And so we are walking in that text that, uh, throughout the conference. So I want to read that for you. It's John 15, 4 through 5, says, Abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is it that bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That, that's, the, that's the kicker. So prayer shows our dependence on God, that we need God. And I'm just gonna snitch on myself. This is how I understand, right? This is not Bible, so I, you see I'm moving away for the text. You can throw everything I say out. Because when I say this is what God is saying to me, I'm not the Word of God. Does that make sense? Cool? Okay, cool. All right. So don't blame God. Blame Yoni. God's perfect. I'm not. And so when I think about prayer, when we wake up every day, so some of us woke up today. Obviously, everyone's alive here, right? We all woke up. But when we start our day, if we don't pray, how God, Holy Spirit convicts me is indirectly, I'm saying, God, I'm good. I don't need you. Right? If we look at it, really. Right? And if we want to be honest how we think about prayer, don't just say, I don't have time. Let's just reverse that and be honest and say, God, you know what? I don't pray because I don't prioritize prayer. Does that make sense? I, I don't pray because I don't prioritize prayer. We think that by our own strength and our own ability, we, we can go by ourselves. Like, let's be real. How many of you guys feeling, right? Anybody gassed, tired, confused, depressed, angry? Gain a little weight, amen? That's me, made my ministry. Um, right? We're just going through stuff and, and struggling. And so please let me, as as I'm. Sharing this message, I want you guys to hear my heart. If your prayer life is trash and it's not good, guess what? Jesus still loves you. Amen? So I want to put that before you guys. I don't want you to sit here. You only beat us with the text. That's not my job. I'm not trying to do that. No matter how much you pray and no matter how little you pray, sin is too much. God's righteous demands are too much. We cannot meet those expectations. Can I just lay that out at the table? So it don't matter if you have a strong prayer life like my mom. Like when I was a kid, my mom would pray from like, she prays all the time. Uh, I remember growing up, we're playing basketball. We're going to go hoop with our friends like 3 p.m. We come back at 7 o'clock. Guess who's still praying? Mom. All my kids like, your mom's still praying. All I know, my sister's in the back, she can tell you, and all my other church people in the back too. Our Ethiopian parents and other people you probably grew up grandmas praying like all my mom knows is prayer that prayer is a lifestyle like I'm actually jealous of my mom's prayer life even if you pray like that or even if you pray over your meal at work like a CIA Christian thank you Jesus amen you eat God still loves you amen that, that, that's why I'm put like no matter how much you try no matter how good you try to be it's never good enough that's why Jesus had to come and to live the perfect life that we could not live to die the death that we could not die he perfectly Jesus succeeded in every part of life that we failed does that make sense so as, as we're walking through the text and maybe if God's word bears weight and you're like man I'm not great at prayer praise God that God revealed to you Pray, not because you're earning God's favor. It's already been given to us freely as we put our faith in Jesus. Amen? I'm not by myself, right? Okay, y'all can talk back to me. So that's what I want to put before you. You don't have to try as we go through this, but you still need to pray. Right? And it's not about, again, having the best prayer life that gets you right with God. It's only trusting in Jesus that he's done and made everything right for you, right? We're a gospel Center church. We're always gonna proclaim Christ. We're always gonna proclaim the gospel for you. We're never gonna tell you, go try these next steps, go be a better Christian, go ahead and do that. We've tried it, if it failed, it doesn't work. But Jesus, he works, and so we put our trust in him. And so again, as we ask this question, why is it hard to pray, and even if we're not praying, this is is still a, a serious issue, it's important. Many of our lives is not being covered in prayer. And so we're seeing a lot of breakdown in our marriages and our relationships and our community. And so I want to call attention to prayer and how important it is in our lives. Jesus took prayer seriously. Right. The Bible says Jesus would often withdraw to lonely and desolate places to pray. Let's just think about that for a second. If Jesus, the son of God, And if you don't believe Jesus is God, we'll be right here. Randall's going to come back later. We'll we'll talk to you because that's important to believe that Jesus is God. Jesus, as a son of God, would withdraw regularly and pray. Him being a Jew, he would pray probably three times regularly. If Jesus would pray and be fully dependent on God, what gives us the right to think that we don't need to do that? Does that make sense? That I don't need to do that. And so, yeah, I want to put that before us because Jesus lived with constant awareness that even he can do nothing on his own. John 5, 19 says that he did uh, everything uh, not on his own accord, but in total dependence on the Father. Do you think you're better and more capable than Jesus? Okay, this is a question I'm just throwing out there as we, we set up the text. As we look at, do we really think that? I don't have to be the Holy Spirit. I'm not I'm above my pay grade. I can't, I'm not trying to convict you guys and force a text, but I want y'all to be honest as you look at your life and your prayer life. As we walk through this, just be real about where your prayer life is. Just be real and see as we look at the life of Jesus. And so this was a very fundamental belief in the life of Jesus. And not only that, the early church, right? If you read Acts right? The acts, the movements of the Holy Spirit, they were always praying. They lost somebody, let's pray, right? Computer broke down, ask Jeremiah, you know what I said? I grew up section A low income. I didn't have money, so I didn't say I'm going to ask dad for money, Zelle, Venmo. That didn't exist in my family. You know what my mom said? Pray, so at 31 years old, that's still what I know to do. The computer is a little rebellious. It still didn't work, but prayer still works. Um, it's okay. And so we just, we prayed over that. So m- most of us, again, when we think about why is prayer difficult, we may think it's a discipline problem. Or like we treat it like as a resolution problem. I'm not praying enough. I just got to do that. But can I might suggest to you that if your prayer problem may not be a, a discipline problem, but a habit problem, a belief problem. You don't pray because if we be honest, we don't really think prayer works. Why do I say that? Because if you believe prayer works, prayer will be the first thing you do, not the last thing, or if you, even if you do, amen? Is that making sense? OK, so okay, I'm trusting God. Like, I'm, Holy Spirit, help me as I'm going through this text. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be here, but I just, I just want to lay that out. I know we always say that we want to be a praying church and not just a church that prays. That's cute. We could put on a t-shirt. We want to actually move from the head to the heart. We want to see this be a reality in our lives. So in this series on this prayer that we are doing for three weeks, we're going to walk through the prayer or the Lord's prayer and see how God has modeled for us. Okay, this is not something that we have to do as a legalistic thing and pray repetitively. It's a model. We don't have to do that. But we're going to walk through this text. So I think it's important because Jesus lays out the groundwork for how we are to pray. That's why I say this is the blueprint. Jesus shows us, if you don't know how to pray and you need help praying, you can start here. And so prayer, simply put, is talking to God and making time and space to let God talk to us. It's a back and forth, continual conversation with your Heavenly Father. That's right, so the Bible says pray without ceasing. When I was a kid, I was like, man, that kind of sucks. Can I just be real? Like when I thought about it as a kid, right, I was like, pray every day? I can't shoot hoops, I can't play 2K? Like that sounds boring, right? If I'm just being honest, but that's not, it's just being in, in, in the heart, a posture of, of prayer. You know what I'm saying? Husbands, your wife, you, you get on your nerves the other way around, pray. Kids is acting up, pray. Co-workers upsetting you, pray. Things are not going wrong, pray. Does that make sense? At the drive-thru, in and out, and it's long and you're hungry, pray. Amen, because I know that's a real thing. That's, some, that's for somebody. I know, amen. I hear you. Um, and so when we talk about prayer, it's continual conversation with God. It comes to a relationship of intimacy that happens in a secret place void of distractions, right? You've got to remove the distractions from uh, uh, from from you. It also includes praying, right, without ceasing throughout the day. There was a, I'm going to read this uh, quote here there was an early African uh, converts to Christianity and so they would often have their places of devotion. they have the little thickets the little community of people and so they would pray and so this way pavements or ways that would they would walk it was so well well worn down because they would often pray that when you did not pray your little thicket would snitch on you and so now when they were not praying the other brothers and sisters would go to their person and love and say hey brother the grass grows on your spot Right? I was like, man, that literally made me cry. And it's just a reminder of how sometimes what started good could get neglected. I don't know about you. When I first got saved, my God, I was so legalistic, excited for Jesus, and I was very rude at many times for people. Amen? Okay. I thought I'm the only one, right? You get so excited. I'm throwing all the rap music out. I'm like, Hillsong, who is that? But let's bump it. Yeah. And then you know God, God kind of disciplined me. Cause I come from the, I come from the hood. We listen to hip hop, Lecrae, Christian hip hop. That's how God reached me. But now I actually love worship music more than hip hop, man. And it's, it's crazy. God, prayer works. Um, so in our text this morning, we're, we're going to be Matthew chapter six, five through fourteen. But mainly verse nine is our text, and this is what's known as a larger part of Scripture, the Sermon on the Mount. Right. So Jesus is giving this very famous sermon. If you read chapter five, right, I'll go there. Let's lay some groundwork and get some background. Verse 5 says this. When he saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began teaching them, saying. So this goes from chapter 5, verse 1, always chapter 7, verse 29. And so what we find our text is in this larger portion of what's known as the Lord's, the Lord's Prayer, the Sermon on the Mount. Okay, so I know we got no notes. I'm not I, I, lo- I love y'all, so I make it easy on y'all. I just do one point, sometimes two. I Randall does three. He's more sound and more wiser than I am. Um, I, lo- I love him. By the way, he, he, he told me I was going to preach on Wednesday, and I had youth, so I love you, Randall. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> For any, any preachers or leaders, that's why the Bible says, be ready in season and always be ready. You got to stay with the word. You got to stay strapped. That's what we say back in the word. So here's my main point. In order to be a praying church and not just a church that prays, here it is. Simply, we must pray. So if you struggle to pray, I remember I used to have people asking me, hey, how do, how do I have a better prayer life? What do I got to do? Because we're always looking for what? The do, the steps. What do I got to teach me? The latest book and pray. If you want to pray better, guess what you have to do? Pray. And if, let me help you out. Let me just show you by example what that means. I don't know how to pray. If you say, Lord Jesus, I don't know how to pray. Help me. Amen. Guess what you just did? it's not rocket science we think it's just this mystical kind of hard thing you you would definitely grow two minutes seemed like three hours for me one hour now seems like five minutes maybe some of you guys can attest to that or whatever that looks like and so you can grow in the grace and the knowledge of the lord jesus christ you can grow in your prayer life again you don't do that to seem holy or that you have it all together but you can grow in that so as christians we know we should pray Right? We pray in the morning sometimes, we pray over meals, we pray over big tests and things that come up or we need extra strength. But for many of us, we struggle to pray and often we feel guilty for how little how we pray. If I could be honest, my prayer life lately has, it, it, it's anemic, it's, it, it's anorexic, it's, it's, not that, it's not that good. So as again, as I'm standing here, I'm not standing as someone who's the best prayer person. I am not, by any means. But you know, I remember Randall just told me, you just gotta keep showing up. That's why I love Jesus. He doesn't beat us. He doesn't make us feel bad about what we do, right? And that's not a license to act up and just, okay, I'm just going to do No, we still always constantly run to him. We always look to him and seek, seek him. And so we may feel a little guilty. Um, when we finally make time to, to pray, we don't know how to pray. So before we get to verse nine, verses five through eight deals with the how-to of prayer. Like, how do I pray? What does that look like? So we're going to walk through our our text again okay and i'm actually happy that the screen is not open that means you guys can amen you can actually look at the word of god something about this actual word i love more than technology but it's okay Ain't nothing wrong with it. if you're using it and androids you're accepted too it's okay (laughs) verse five uh, verse five of chapter six says this whenever you pray i want you guys if you guys are taking notes and you have your highlighters and pen circle underline how often you see the word whenever or the similar phrase when? Whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites because they love to pray standing in the synagogues on the street corners to be seen by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. Verse 6. But when you pray, go to your uh, private room, shut your door, and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. Verse 7. When you pray, don't babble like the Gentiles, since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Verse 8, don't be like them, because your heavenly Father knows these things before you ask him. How many times do you see that phrase, whenever or when? You could, let's say it. One, two, three. Okay, cool. All right, I know it's a, I'm a little different. I appreciate that. It means a lot to me more than you know when you guys talk back and you have permission to that. So three times. So if you're studying in seminary, they always say look for repetition, right, five, to, uh, eight verses, three times this text pops up. So it's important. So what does that teach us in the text? So, again, if you have, you know, back in there, red letters, minds is red letters, Is Jesus speaking. So whenever you pray, what does that assume Jesus believes his church would do? Right? So Jesus assumes that we're gonna pray three times. He says that Jesus, and then as we go through our text, in verse seven, he's warning his disciples about having, uh, uh, being a hypocrite in your prayer life. Right? a hypocrite means to, like to be on a stage, to put on a mask. Right? I don't know if you ever did that when you try to like. At least for me, if I was trying to impress a girl and she was in there, my prayer game was is on, on, on point. Can I? I'm just. I, I, one thing you can know about me, I'm a, I love to point to my scars and wounds so you can see how, how broken I am, but how beautiful Jesus is. And so you're always going to see that I'm never going to make myself look good. I'm a, I'm a miserable wreck, but Jesus is awesome and wonderful. So that used to be my prayer life. So if I'm praying, you, I, I had Jesus' nicknames, you know, house names, Jehovah Jireh, I said, yes, Lord, Jehovah Nisi, you are a banner, Jehovah Rifle, you are a healer. And I'm just going in, but it's just, it's not for God, right? It's, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you, you pray just to try to impress people how you sound theologically astute, you sound smart, you sound impressive. And you have people standing there, man, I don't even know how God, I, I only know Jesus. Matter of fact, I thought Jesus' last name was Christ, right? And so you have people who are like that. And so I used to pray trying to impress people instead of having the right heart posture and God. So Jesus warns his disciples, you must not pray, pray like the hypocrites. Why? Here's a text. Because, or some translations say, so that, the Hina clause in the Greek, this is the purpose, why you don't pray that way, and why they did, because they wanted to be seen by people. So when you pray, are you praying to be seen by people, are you praying to be seen by God? If I could be real, it's easy to pray for people, because what? I can see people. People can smile at me, pat me on the back, and tell me how awesome I am, but God, you don't really hear nothing, right? And so it can be difficult. I, I understand that. And so, again, we're looking at the how-to. Right? Don't try to impress people with how sound you smart when you're praying in public spaces. Spaces. If your motivation is to impress people, Jesus says you already have your reward. People will think you're awesome. That's great. God said that's what you want. You got it. That's a low goal to, to, to reach for. But you got it. You can have that. And then, again, verse 5 and 7, there, there's, a, there's a jump. We, we don't see it in English, but it says whenever you pray, you... Right We're not from Texas, but Texas people say, "y'all. Is y'all singular or plural? So that's how you read this text. You all, y'all, we just say y'all, right? That's plural. Everybody. when y'all pray, right, don't do it to impress. But verse six, actually in the Greek is singular. It talks about so let's look at verse six. We're going to work our way down to verse nine. Don't worry. It says, "But when you pray, that's singular. You, you must go into your room, your private room, shut your door and pray to your father who's in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. So, again, Jesus moves from the plural y'all to the singular, emphasizing the private communion that we are to have with God, to spend time with our heavenly father. The key to answer prayer is to do it in secret. In other words, go in your room and shut your door. If our real motives is to get through to God, he will hear and answer us. And so there there, there is that that I want to put before you. Verse 7 says this, again, when you pray, don't babble like the Gentiles since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them because your heavenly father knows the things you need before you ask them. So the Gentiles, the pagans, they would have other gods, and so they have a long list of names that they would call to this God and hoping that if they call on the right name, that God will respond to them and answer them. And so Jesus said, no, no, your heavenly father is not like that. You don't have to have a long list of names. You don't have to have impressive resume. You don't have to say all these things to impress him. We don't have to do that. So he says, don't babble like the Gentiles. You don't have to do that. So babble indicates a person right, who repeats repetitive prayers. And so they would do this. So, for example, 1st 1 King 1826, the priest of, of Baal would continue from morning to noon crying out, O Baal, answer us. Like, how sad is that? That breaks my heart. There's people now on social media, crystals. My God, your faith is in a rock? Our faith is in the rock. Come on, somebody, right? Jesus Christ. Amen. That's, we put our faith in that. But there's people literally praying out. Trying God, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, God has placed eternity in the hearts of men. So there's this desire in every single person to worship. It's been embedded in our DNA. We've been hardwired to worship. Right? But what people do, according to Romans, while well, we all fall short of the glory of God, we worship the created things instead of the creator. So we don't think and want God. We want God's stuff and what God does. And so in here, like how sad is that reality that some people have that? Does that break our heart that when we see people praying, they're like, oh. That's on you, man. Whatever makes you happy, do it. And day and night, they, they would pray. In Acts 19.34, the multitude in the theater at Ephesus shouted for two hours, great is Artemius of the Ephesians. Bro, two minutes in, I would have been upset. Great is the, man, ain't nothing happening, bro. Like, that's what they're, for two hours. Like, this is in the text. They're shouting, hoping to get something longing and a desire. Maybe that's not you. You're not calling out to these false idols or whatever. Maybe it's a relationship. It's, it's a secret hidden, hidden sin and an identity thing that you place your hope in. It's this job you may not worship and bow down to, but you're, you're calling out to as if it's going to help you, as if it's your God. And so sometimes, can I just be with the devil is not God. He's not the opposite of God, but sin is enticing. That's what, I don't know. Hebrews tells us like, it's, it's enjoyable in the moment. That's why we all sin. If it was not enjoyable, we would not do it. So there is that power. It has no power over us. But whatever that is for you, I want you to think about that. And so they would cry out. But here's the thing. God always is ready to listen to us when we call out to him. When we go to our private spaces, when we do it. And then here's the thing, too. You cannot manipulate God with your words. Right? Prosperity, gospel, name it and claiming. it. We, we don't believe that in here. I don't have the power to make Jesus do or the Holy Spirit do it. He's not my errand boy. That's not his job, right? He, he's the God. He's the king of the universe, king of all kings. Amen? Okay. Amen. Hey, See, a little quiet. If I was in the Pentecostal church, the mom would have been running up and down on that part. That's, that's the word. But it's okay. We, we're getting there. We're getting there. God is moving. Uh, so you can't manipulate God with all these words and say, God, I love you and try to think that you're going to get your way and trick him. It doesn't work that way. Have you ever asked yourself, why should I pray, verse 8, if God already knows? This is a real one, too. This one gets me. Look, let's, let's look at verse 8 again in our text. It says, don't be, right, this contrasting to what was just said. Don't be like them, the hypocrites and the pagans, because you're who? Your father, somebody circle that. We're going to see how many times that pops up. Knows these things before you need them. Psalm said, before the words on my lips, you know them. Let's just stop for a second. Isn't that kind of hard? Like, why pray if God already knows? Does that make sense? Like, God, you are God, you see my bank account. I don't have to tell you, Lord. Like, just you see my relationship is falling apart, my marriage, I'm I'm failing in my like God I already know. Why do we pray? Because it shows our dependence on God. It shows that, or, or, that we we need him. We we relinquish all rights in our own lives and say, God, we need you to show up in this moment. So why pray through though God already knows, we should. Not hesitate to ask, right? Jesus' disciples don't pray to give God information. God is omniscient, all-knowing. You don't pray to tell God something that he doesn't know. There's not, there's not a Twitter feed in heaven that you're updating Jesus on. He knows all things at all times. So the disciples, they don't do that, but they do it to express their desires, their needs, and their dependence on the Heavenly Father. This is the central theme of the Lord's Prayer, to show our dependence on God and our need of him. Prayer is much about changing us, changing our character, changing our will and our vows, even while we seek God for his response. So as we get now to verse 9, there's a better way that I want to lay before you to petition God than being a hypocrite, than being like the pagan that Jesus lays out for us. Jesus gives us the blueprint for what to pray and what is commonly referred to as the Lord's Prayer. Amen? So we're going to walk, let's walk through this. Verse 9. Therefore... Let's just pause that for a second. I'm reading from the CSB translation. I don't know what translation you're reading for. My seminary professor always said this. Every time you see therefore, you find out why it's therefore. Isn't that dope? So if you're like, what does that mean if you're reading the Bible? That means that something was just discussed that was made. If you want to understand the context of Scripture, right, you want to say, well, okay, what just happened? You may have to go up a few chapters, a few sentences, a few paragraphs. Therefore, based on all this on how to pray, now Jesus moves to what to pray. moves to what to pray he says therefore you should pray like this again notice that jesus assumes that believers will pray it says our father in heaven your name be honored as holy your name be honored as holy notice when jesus is teaching disciples to pray he doesn't tell direct his disciples to begin with our god dear jehovah To Yahweh rather Jesus taught his disciples to pray our father of all the words and titles for God that Jesus could have used to initiate this model prayer for disciples he chose the word father in doing so Jesus is correcting our perspective on God let's just pause here for a second raise raise your hand or don't I know this may be sensitive how many of y'all got daddy issues right this may be hard for some people daddy wasn't around Right. Fathers and dearment to like, I don't know how to relate to that. So you would look at your earthly father. And when you hear that term father, some of us maybe get a little tense or get a little defensive. Maybe like, ah. Oh. and you try to see your heavenly father who's perfect and holy and altogether good. And you compare him to your earthly father who has not been that. Can I get an amen? Does that make sense? For some of you guys, maybe you have that. And so I love God. I love I love the word of God. It seems so simple, but it's so profound and deep. And so as we look at this text, right, Jesus uses this term. That pater in the Greek, it shows like, it means like Abba, right? We, even our language, we use that Baba, Abba, right? We use that daddy. It's a term of endearment. And so God wants you to know that he wants, it's an invitation for us to see him as father. Do you guys see that? Maybe some of you guys don't feel like you're good enough. Maybe like the prodigal son, maybe I'll just be like a lower servant, but not a child. No, if you are, again, this is not, let me just bring up scripture so I'm not making stuff up. You can fact check me. Be like a Berean. John 1:12 says this, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. So that invitation is available to all people, but only for those who put their trust in Jesus Christ are called God's children. Just in case you didn't know, God loves everybody, but God's not everyone's father. Amen? That might be hard preaching, but that's what the text says. I'd rather y'all hate me for speak, speaking God's word truthfully and stand on God's side than make y'all love me. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to impress y'all. I want to be faithful to Jesus in the text. That's, that's my mission. If, if everyone else leaves and we just preaching to the youth, we're going to do it because it's about Jesus. Amen? So, so you, if you bring your kids, don't worry. They're getting good gospel preaching. I promise you that. Um, so walking through, so Abba, a term of, of a great intimacy of affection. God's inviting you to see yourself if you believe in Jesus Christ. As his son, as his daughter, and someone whom he delights in, whom someone he loves and wants to have a relationship. Maybe your dad didn't want to have a relationship with you. Maybe he didn't care about you. He was physically in the home, but not present. Not your heavenly fathers. That's not the case. And so Jesus is redirecting our desires and our hearts to see this term of endearment. It's about, about God. Father. Father. And Jesus is teaching us that when we come to God as a dearly beloved children, he is our father. Prayer is built on relationship and intimacy. It's not a transactional thing. I pray this, slot machine, I get this from God. That's not how it works. You've missed it if that's what you're getting. It's about just being in God's presence and being with him and communion with him, adoring him and worshiping him. When you go to God and pray, understand him to be your heavenly father who loves you and wants a relationship with you. Don't see prayer as an obligation. I know sometimes it may feel that way. You know what you can do like I do? Like, God, I'd rather watch a show right now than pray. That's how I talk to God. I'm, that's, I'm real like that. I so said, Lord, I'd rather be with my fiance, hang out with my friends. I don't want to do this. And God's like, that's all you got. Bring it. Like, be real. Be honest with your father. He loves you. Are you already thinking it. And God already knows right before on your right, you shared to him, he already knows. So come with that mindset, God, my prayer life, I don't pray, I don't know what to say, God, help me, Holy Spirit, be with me, empower me. And God will do that. He has not left us alone as widows and orphans. My God, how many times that we treat the Holy Spirit as like he's nothing, that like he's not part of the Godhead. You have God. He has tabernacled with us. He is Emmanuel. He's living inside, you, empowering you, walking with you, strengthening you to do the things that God has called you to do and be who God has called you to be. Does that make sense? And so Holy Spirit, forgive us for how we overlook you and downplay who you are. and We grieve you. Lord, forgive us for that, Jesus. And so we understand that Jesus is also reminding us that our prayer are supposed to be focused on God and not ourselves. Let's, see. let's talk about that, too, because when we pray, we make prayer about us, not about God, not about Jesus. Long list of stuff that we want God to tell us. All right, God, thank you. You're good. Thank you for down on the cross. But, Jesus, anyways, let's get to the real stuff now. Forget your kingdom. Give me this. Give me that. I'm going through that. There is a time and place for that, but prayer is not about you. Amen? Look to your neighbor and say, neighbor. You turn. It's okay. It's okay. Say, neighbor, if you don't have a neighbor, talk to yourself. Put your hand on your heart. Say, neighbor, prayer is not about you. Amen? Can we do that real quick? Amen. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. Good. All right, let's focus. Back, back. Thank you. Thank you. Prayer is not about you, just in case you didn't know. And so notice the text, Our Father. Jesus starts to lay the groundwork. When we come to God in prayer, it's about Jesus. It's about God. We focus on him. Prayer is about, not about you, your wants, your needs, and your desires. Rather, prayer is about God, his wants, his needs, his desires, his heart. That's how we are to pray. Now, hear me also. Doesn't mean you can't come to God. with There's nothing wrong with repeated prayers about what's going on. Again, the heart was about being a hypocrite and being a pagan trying to impress God. Nothing wrong with praying for your friend who's lost or praying for someone who's sick. But again, when you come to God in prayer, well, you first must start with God, giving thanks to God for who he is, blessing God because he is awesome. Read the Psalms. They will help you to how to pray. So if you, uh, you must pay attention to focus on the phrase, right, our Father. And again, notice our father, which implies if God is father and God has his children, you're not the only kid in God's family. Just in case you didn't know that. This is just a small part of God's family. There's a low, like they said 2.6 billion Christians. Isn't that crazy? Heaven is going to be popping. I'm so excited to see that. Like, it's going to be amazing. You're not the only one. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. It's about his kingdom. It's about his people. And so we'll talk. I don't want to get ahead of next week's text, but that's the I- and so I want to also shed light, our father, the plural, right, our, not just me, my father. He says, our father. In America, we have a very individualistic lifestyle, right? Can I get an amen? I'm just being real. We focus on what we want. We don't care about other people. Uh, maybe for another ethnicity, I'm 100% unashamed Ethiopian. That's my culture. We have a cultural uh, you know, uh, culture type of uh, um, cultures experience that we have with other people instead of individualistic. When you're individual, you worry about me, myself, and I. But when you're focused on others and culture, it's honor-shame culture, right? That kind of sucks too, but just being real, but that's that's what we have. We think about the other people. We put other people's ideas and wants over ourselves. Kind of sounds like the Bible, right? Philippians, do not think highly of yourself, but put other people above you. And nothing wrong with having an individualistic thing, but then sometimes that can contort and go against God's word and so I also want to point to that reality that we can have. We make it about us and ourselves and our wants and our needs and so we have a lot of problems and I often say you can't be a cheerleader unless you know the cheer. What I mean by that if you don't know scripture you don't know how to pray. I truly believe that. If you don't know scripture you don't know how to pray. Many of us know all the latest trends and songs but we are biblically illiterate. We don't know God's words. We don't know how to pray and again, my heart is not, again, you doing this stuff to earn God's approval. Remember we said that already? Just let, bearing the weight of God's word in front of us. And so we have a self-sufficiency is very important to us, self. A collectivist culture mindset focused on the groups. They, they sacrifice self-interest to mo- promote the interest of others. That, that's what Jesus wants to get at, our Father. We come together. And a lot of times we personalize our faith, which is cool. Right, I did my little devotional, Snapchat, you know what I'm saying? I got in the Word at the beach by myself. That's cute. Do it. We love that. It's not just that only. This, you know how they often pray? They pray together, collective. Remember the y'all, the plural? We need to pray together as a church, as a family. If you're doing something, go pray with your brothers and sisters. I believe at 10 o'clock right now, and seeing them, they pray. We can pray there too. Our production team, because we need prayer, we pray because stuff break down, but God is still glorified in all of that. Amen. And so wherever you are, come. Join us. A prayer team will be here later. Randall's here later. He's going to do a benediction. We're going to be here if you want prayer. There's not no mystical fingers. We lay hands and pray for you. Like, it's none of that. We just trust that God is real, that God is personal. He wants to have a relationship with you. And so we just pray on your behalf. We pray for one another. And so as we wrap this up, it says, our Father in, where is God located? In heaven. That means God is higher than us. His thoughts are, are different. Ecclesiastes 5.2 says this, Do not be hasty to speak, and do not be impulsive to make a speech before God. God is in heaven, and you are on earth. Let your words be few. And so when we come with that reverence to God, let's be respectful to God in prayer. One commentary said this about prayer. If we were privileged to bring our needs and requests to the White House or Buckingham Palace, we would prepare our words carefully and exhibit proper behavior so much more important is preparing to come to the throne of almighty god right if someone as ambassador dignitary white house we would suited and booted that's what we say where I come from you would just look sunday best shoes shine tie you would look all nice but sometimes when we come to god's house and god's presence again you don't have to dress nice i'm not trying to lay before you you have to do this i'm not saying that but sometimes our heart posture our reverence for god Lord, help us, including myself, we, we lose that, that fear of the Lord. We downplay God. We, we abuse God. We, we do certain things. How much more, then, is God worthy of respect and honor? Amen? Does that make sense? Okay. All right. And as we end here, the hallowed be your name. Funny joke. There's one time this one guy was praying. He was, like, he was talking to his family. He's like, I know what God's name is. Like, How do you know? Like, let's read the text. He said, oh, it's right there. Our Father who art in heaven, Howard, be your name. That his name was Howard. I thought that was funny, crazy. Maybe you, maybe you thought that. And so hollow, what does hallowed mean? It means to treat God's name as hollow, be your name, some translation as, as holy. God is other. He's set apart. He's not like your friend. He's not your mom. He's not your dad. God is in a class all by his own. We are to honor God's name and treat it as holy. That's what holy means, set apart. Israel, you have been set apart from me. And my family, if you come to my house on Thanksgiving, we have set apart plates and pots for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Only for those holidays, set apart for a specific reason and purpose. And so here, Jesus is telling us, know who you come. Put put some respect on God's name, if I can say that. When you come to God, uh, uh, you come with reverence, a respect of who he is, and honor, because he's in heaven what, what privilege it is that I'm, as an imperfect person, I'm here to proclaim the holiness and the beauty of God's word. That our worship team is able to worship knowing that we are messed up and jacked up, tore up from the floor up. Right? Y'all know how you are and you walk in here and God still loves us. What a blessing it is, family, that we're loved by such a heavenly father who loves us and honors us because of Jesus made a way. Jesus is cleansing our experience, our expectations in prayer. God is not the genie in the lamp that grants our request. Rather, our chief concern in prayer is that God will be honored and glorified as holy family. He is holy. He is beautiful. He is wonderful. He is deserving of our total devotion because of who he is. So as we close here, again, in order to be a praying church and not just a a church that prays family, we just got to pray. We got to pray. We need to make sure our hearts are right, our motivations. Some of us, like Psalm, where it says, he will give you the desires of your heart. And so we like to flip that and make it, make it, do the, uh, theological gymnastics to make it say that I can do whatever I want. God doesn't give that to me. No. As you pray to God, as the Holy Spirit of God works in your life, your heart will begin to change. Does that makes sense? Your motivation will change, your desire. And so maybe as I close up here, as you're praying, you're thinking, like, man, I haven't heard God in a while. It's been a minute. You know, the connection is off, right? Are you praying? according to how God wants us to, to, to pray. Y'all remember the old Verizon guy who switched teams to Sprint? What did he used to say? Can you hear me now? Good. Oh, y'all don't know that? No? Okay. He used to say, it was a famous phrase. He said like, can you hear me now? And then when the connection was good, he would say, good. And so sometimes we're praying like, God, can you hear me? And Jesus has laid the groundwork, family. You don't have to do anything impressive. You can come just as you are. The, you know, I love, even Hebrews tells us that we can come boldly. Isn't that awesome? I like to say sometimes, like you put a little, you know I'm saying, you put a little pep in your step, not because you're awesome, but because he's awesome. You can come boldly to the throne room of God with all your shame, with all your brokenness, with all your sin, and know that you will be accepted because God the Father has accepted his son, Jesus, who lived this perfect life for us, and he modeled for us, and he prayed for us at the Garden of Gethsemane. He took on the weight of the world and sin, and he makes his invitation now. Well, we are in the beloved and we are loved because we are in Jesus. And this invitation is for all people. He calls us. And so if you want to have this connection, if you want God to hear, you make sure you are having the right heart posture. You are having the right motivations. And if you don't, like I was praying as I was preparing my, my lesson, I said, Lord, forgive me. I don't pray like this. I know I'm teaching it and people may think I got it together. I don't. Lord, help me. Forgive me for times I prayed wrongly. I thought wrongly about you. Lord, our Father... Who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, Lord Jesus. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for this time, Lord. We We just thank you for who you are, Lord. We praise you. Thank you for giving us the blueprint, God, on how to pray. Thank you for your mercy, your compassion towards us, God. For being the perfect example of how we are to live our lives, Lord, and reminding us the importance of prayer, Lord. Prayer again is ultimately about God. Jesus, you reign for your glory and for our sake. God, you are about your first and your passion, about passion about yourself, Lord, and in that we are benefited benefited. It's not about us, how awesome we are, how amazing we are. Jesus is about how amazing. How awesome, how holy, how beautiful, how good, how majestic you are, Jesus. Forgive us, God, where we've removed you from the picture and put ourselves as the captain of our own souls. Many of us may be coming in here tonight, or this, this morning rather, Lord, we've, we've been steering the ship for a long time. Things have been falling apart in our lives and we think, man, you know what, God is not good. Let me go ahead and try to do this, Lord. And so I just pray for my brothers and sisters because I understand Sin is real, God, pain is real, so much brokenness in the world and the enemy is just beating us down. And I understand, I wanna humanize people and how they feel that way, Lord. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay there, Lord. You called us and you've shown us in your word, you've made a way. And so, Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable before you. And as I stand before your people, Lord, I didn't die for these people, you did. You love them more than I can ever love them. Anything that is not reflective of who you are, Lord, and it's just yoni, God, I I pray that it will fall on deaf ears, Lord. But what words that were spoken today, Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you allow to take root and plant seeds in the hearts of these men and women who are here this morning, God. So we give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this resource from Grace City Church. If you found this helpful, feel free to share it and enjoy more resources at graycitysd.com. Gray City Church exists to equip people with the gospel for everyday life.